Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother forty wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father forty-one. If you have ever heard that jump rope song, then you're probably aware of our title woman today, Lizzie Borden. Welcome to another episode of How to Cry Monster. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Giselle. And I'm Em. Now, it's summertime. We're getting closer to the... Oh, man. Okay, I have to do math. What's 2021 minus 1892? It's been it's been a while. Hold on. Uh, you gotta carry the four. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, we're doing mental math. Like We're doing mental, but... Totally my brain don't. hurts. We got a journalism major. Yeah. Public health. And a business major, and we can't do math here, guys. It's coming up on the 129th anniversary. I knew it ended with a nine. There you go, with the smarts of... Lizzie Borden, a Sunday school teacher, yeah. all around a timid and well-respected woman, just snapping and absolutely destroying her wicked stepmom and her father. It was, for someone who taught at a Sunday school, this was just like an act against God, I think. because It was very violent and very... It, I don't think it was planned at all. Do you guys think that she had planned this murder ahead of time, or was it just like sporadic? Um, it had said that some they had said something about her wanting to move to a different place, but her father like adamantly refusing. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was like the motive. Be like, oh, I kill him, I get the money, I move. So okay, let's give but like, her family. Let's give the family background. Her father. Uh, let me find his name. Andrew Jackson Borden. He was a wealthy man, but he was known throughout the community as being really stingy. Picture your your Mr. Krabs, if you will. Mm, he, mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, Sarah Anthony Borden passed away when Lizzie was very young. Andrew remarried to, uh, what was her name? Abby. Abby, who all the witnesses in the community say did not get along with her stepdaughters and often reminded them that the real mother was dead. Which isn't oh. very nice, I don't think. Mm -hmm. And so the house that they lived in, it's yeah. not a big house. You can no. stay in it. It's an inn today. Yeah. You can even stay in which where and find the place where the father was murdered. You can sleep in that very room. I don't know why the hell you'd want to. People are can. freaks. You can. And that t at that time, the house didn't have plumbing or electricity, which yeah. was an option at 1892. Mm -hmm. But Andrew was just so stingy, he refused. But Andrew did give a house to his, his stepdaughter, not his real daughters. That spurred some conflict within the, the Borden household. Yeah. It seemed like Lizzie very much wanted her own independence in some ways from this man who had just completely glossed over her wants and needs, you know? Because obviously, I think, as a woman back then and the daughter of someone wealthy, you would want to be treated with good social status. And the only way you would get that in those days is if you had a nice house and nice clothes. Didn't matter what you look like. Or like, it didn't matter where you came from just as much as how you looked. Obviously, a family's na car name carries some weight, but in terms of how you present yourself in society, that might have caused a bit of resentment. So let's get into the actual crime itself. Okay. August 3rd, the night of August 3rd, 1892. 
her sister was gone. Yeah. And the only ones in the house were Andrew, Abby, the father and the stepfather. The stepmother, you mean? The stepmother, my bad. Wow, they're really progressive. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. Uh, Lizzie and the maid named yep. Maggie. Well, uh-huh. her name was Bridget, but we just yeah. called her Maggie. And the murder happened. They, the police was called after Andrew has been dead. Yes. Lizzie uh, screamed that yep. somebody had killed her father. Mm-hmm. And then they shortly after that, Lizzie said, can somebody go check on Mrs. Borden, which was what she called her stepmother. Yeah. And she was found in the upstairs bedroom, which you can sleep in. Yep. And she had been dead for a few hours. Yay. So the the discovery of uh, Andrew's body was in August 4th. But Abby was dead by August 3rd. The night before. The night before. Hmm. And as the, um, the I only... I thought it was in the morning that she died. It was, well, it was hours before the Andrew father. died. Yes, yes, I remember that being true. Because I think they said that um, the father had left the house initially, so it was only Lizzie, Maggie, and the mother Abby, and the mother had gone upstairs, and what people had noted was that during her death and when she was killed, um, Abby, the stepmother, had been facing her attacker, I believe, because she had like a hatchet hit right above her ear which would have only been made possible if she was facing the person who attacked her. And she was lying, she fell on the floor, which caused like some contusions and stuff. And she was just left there to die, essentially. And then uh, I think it was what, like 17 hits or something like that? It was a lot. Yeah. It it was a lot. Completely bludgeoned to death. And then the father came home a few hours later, but he couldn't open the door. So the maid um, found the door jammed. So the maid later said that like, oh yeah, Lizzie was laughing from upstairs, but like we couldn't see her. And then it was considered, you know, like, okay, this is what caused suspicion to believe that Lizzie was the one who had committed the murders because by the time they heard her laughing upstairs, the mother would have already been dead. Um... So it was actually 19 blows on Abby Yeesh. and 10 on Andrew's face ah. to render him unrecognizable. Yep. That, Fun facts. That makes sense. We're also saying with with somewhat certainty that it was Lizzie, but she was found not guilty legally because yeah. at the time they didn't really believe a woman could do such a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, there's more to that, like during the case and stuff, how yeah. she was advised to wear all black like she was mourning. And she was mm-hmm. told to be dressed up utterly feminine so that she didn't appear as, like, this brutish yep. type person that people would have expected, like, an Amazonian type body structure. Acquitted on behalf of sexism, that's what I'll say. Yeah, basically. And it sparked a whole thing across the country where women were like, she's not being tried by a jury of her peers because women are, are not included. So, like, it, this led to the case, which would have been, like, an open and shut case originally just going up and up and up the court system i think it was like essentially just this huge uh, i don't want to say open and shut because it wasn't but it was just like okay we know that there was no one else there 
and nothing else lines up. It had to be her, but we don't have any proof that it was her. Especially Lizzie's story. It didn't add up oh, at all. Yeah. At first she said, oh, I heard someone breaking in. Two hours later, she didn't hear anyone breaking in. Yep. She said that Abby, the stepmother, had gone off for a call mm-hmm. to see a sick friend. Yep. Later she, she said she was upstairs and called for her help. Mm-hmm. And then not to mention, she also says, oh no, when my father got home, I helped him take off his like shoes. But he was wearing shoes when he was found dead on the sofa. The murder weapon, the hatchet head, mm-hmm. was found in the basement. Yep. Now, if it was the intruder theory, which there was no evidence for, mm-hmm. why would they hide the hatchet in, in the, the basement? basement? Not everyone stores their hatchets in the same place. I personally store mine. Never mind. Okay, we don't <laughs> want to reveal that. No. But it was very much like, okay, kill the mom first. Maid goes downstairs to help the dad. I go downstairs, too, to make sure that nothing's suspicious. He asks where mom is. Stepmom. I say she's gone. Okay, now they're not looking for her. Good. They won't find her body. Okay, uh, hey, Maid. Um, can you, like, go to, like, the store and get these things for me? And the maid goes, ah, I don't feel that good. I'm gonna go, like, take a nap in my room. She goes, okay, your room's, like, on the third floor. That's away from the body. That's away from the first floor. Cha-ching. Hey, Dad, you want to take a nap? Yeah, I'm feeling kind of tired. I'm gonna go to sleep on the couch in the first floor. Okay. Then, what maybe was, like, an hour later, the maid gets, you know, she wakes up to Lizzie screaming, Maggie, come here. Father's dead. Someone's come in and killed him. (laughs) So they run downstairs. And they see that he was killed in his sleep because one of his eyeballs was cut like directly in half, which only someone with either incredible precision with an axe and a moving person or someone with fairly decent aim and a still body could have done. So ruthless in the fact that she just went up and murked her dad while he was just taking a nap, you know, I have no idea like what had happened to make her snap because she never really there's a lot of suspicions on what motive she had but she never came out and said like oh yeah you know like my dad treated me awful but the fact that kind of caused the maid to be suspicious of lizzie was the fact that he was still bleeding like freshly so it had to have been very recently how could lizzie someone on the first floor where the father was apparently attacked from an intruder not have noticed someone like intrude and kill her dad if it was very recent to the point where blood was still pouring out of him but apparently she still held a lot of trust in the community because a big part of this case was were character witnesses mm-hmm. because like her students were like oh no miss lizzie could ne- could never do that a lot of the people who knew her from sunday school were like she could never do that Mm-hmm. Her older sister Emma, who was considered a spinster, because she's she was like forty and above. They both were. They both were. They both were spinsters, yep. but like spinsters, the article I read specifically just referred to Emma as a spinster. If uh, for those of you that don't know, that aren't acquainted with your eighteen nineties uh, colloquialisms, <laughs> a spinster is a woman who's much too old to get married and have kids. Yeah. yeah. So that's just like the sexism of the time. Mm-hmm. Or a spinster um, could have also been a younger woman who had no interest in getting kids and just wanted to work. Now, Lizzie and her sister were the, the former. Yeah. They were too old by their standards. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not very feminist of them. But, uh. No. But do you think that maybe the resentment from being considered a spinster is what caused Lizzie to like go haywire? Because think about it. In the 1890s, you want to marry someone... And if you're a daughter, you either get married to someone rich or someone marries you 
if you are rich. I mean, that could have also played into the stepdaughter being like, oh, now you have a house. Now that's another bargaining chip to get you married off to someone. Yeah. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Exactly. But and like, they just didn't see that with, with Lizzie or Emma. So they're just like, mm-hmm. oh, I guess you stay here. Yeah, because they had already past the age of like suitable marrying people want young wives back then so you if you had money and you were young this rich guy would come in and be like okay great you know what you're not the prettiest i'll take a mistress but i'll also take your money because you legally can't have it and then if you're older people are like well she's getting to that age she's not gonna have an heir for my fortune And then her fortune, well, she has sisters, so it's going to be split off between them. Not really a good investment. So she was never married. Yeah. But, like, going back to, like, how it was, like, hugely based on character witnesses. Like, even Mm -hmm. the family physician was like, oh, Lizzie had had an accident where she needed pain medication. And, like, back then there was no restrictions on what pain medication you gave. So she was on, like, morphine or something. Mm -hmm. So they're like, oh, yeah, that accounts for her confusion during the investigation or in the interviews because you're loopy you're on a drug yeah you're not going to be thinking straight maybe your mind thinks this at one point and this at another when you try to remember it Mm -hmm. maybe she was on drugs the night of the murders and she genuinely just didn't know i think that she did because there's some police reports that say that she was way too calm in finding her father dead no and people were saying that oh yeah uh as a police officer myself, I didn't check her for blood stains. You know, she said she wasn't feeling well, so we only did like a glance around her room, didn't really check, and she just kind of holed up in there. And then that caused a lot of criticism later because people were saying if they had done a better check of her room, they could have found the clothing that she killed her parents in, they could have found fresh blood stains proving that she was the killer, but they didn't, and so she had apparently time to clean them up. Yeah, because it wasn't until, like, I think, like, a week after that she gave them the dress that she was wearing the night of the murder. Mm-hmm. And apparently they only found, like, one speck of blood on it. Yep. Which, even then, is weird. Because, like, even if she didn't do it, you'd think she'd be going and, like, hold, like holding, holding her, father. her father, trying to comfort him. Hey, are you still alive? Being like, hey, are you still alive? Yeah. It, she would at least have gotten something on her sleeves or on her the front of her dress. Mm-hmm. But no, there was just one speck. Like, she had taken one look at the body, stepped close to it, enough for the dress to, like, gently tap up against, like, where the blood had dripped and walked out. Yeah. Now, here is where we get into the mysteries and conspiracies part of this podcast, is because there is no straight answer about why she did it. There have been several Mm -hmm. speculative theories, in which I will read off here. Some of them are somewhat plausible to kind of wacky. Okay. So the most prominent one, at least at that time, Mm -hmm. was that that, um, Andrew, the father, had been sexually abusing Lizzie. Okay. There was no evidence to support that, and it was likely only brought up because incest was a... They were just finding out that incest was bad genetically at that time. Mm-hmm. That was a somewhat plausible uh, explanation. Yeah. Now, okay, mystery author Ed McBain in a 1984 novel about Lizzie Borden, he proposed that the reason Lizzie killed Abby and Andrew was because Abby found that Lizzie and the maid were having a lesbian affair. Okay. That's There is no evidence to support that, but 
it makes sense, given the times that gayness equals sins. Mm-hmm. Be gay, do crime. Be gay, do crime. Yeah. You gotta cover Not it up. Not to mention that the maid was left alive. Exactly. Untouched. And people, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I've heard this theory before because I remember reading that people had also speculated that maybe the maid was in on it and she had actually helped cleaned up some of the blood that Lizzie had on her because a rich socialite or someone from a wealthy family wouldn't know how to clean properly, especially clothing, because that was considered a maid or a servant's That's job. That's exactly what I was thinking. Right? Because think about it. If you and your maid lover from two entirely different social classes <laughs> and you're lesbians as well your stepmother finds out she either threatens you to be like shipped off somewhere or your maid to be like fired and sent out to the streets essentially because your maid lives with you so then if you go on a rampage and you kill the mother well then boom your father's gonna get mad and split you up eventually so what do you do you kill the father your sisters don't know about it or your sisters are cool with it okay cool they can live the maid lives the blood is on you lizzie what do you do hey honey by the way um you know how to get blood out of linen <laughs> yeah here why um you know the problem that we had about being separated yeah why i'm so sad and everything i got rid of it oh did are they are they cool with it well their bodies are cooling if that's what <laughs> you mean like it just I find that theory plausible because the maid was completely left untouched and I think you could hear like someone just like You would hear that. Yeah, you would hear the sounds of an axe. Axes are loud against wood and human skulls. Yeah. The other speculative theories are that it wasn't either of them, that it was Lizzie's maternal uncle, John Morse, who had slept there the night before. And yeah. according to law enforcement, he had like a par- in Okay, let's I'm going to look at the exact quote here. He had an absurdly perfect and over-detailed alibi for the death of Abby Borden. You know? Too perfect? Too perfect. Hmm. There was that it did not leave speculation off of that other than the fact that I was at the bowling alley at 7:55 p.m. all that stuff. So you like know? near to the minute essentially. Near to the over over-detailed. Well, what if Lizzie and the uncle were in on it? Because he had stayed there the night before. Not to mention the way that money worked back in those days, his daughter would not have gotten the fortune. Only if she was married, which she was not. And as the next of kin, the uncle would have gotten his father's money. And if he and Lizzie had agreed, you know, hey, you know, like, you get the money, you just let me and my wife stay here, like my maid. And then you get the money, and then we both get what we want. They could have both been in on it. And essentially, he takes care of one, she takes care of the other, bada bing, bada boom, you go out, get yourself clean, my maid will get me clean. And uh, the most wacky of the speculative theories, the last one I'm going to talk about, oh, no. is that it was Andrew's son all along. Dun, dun, dun. Huh? It, there was a supposed, quote unquote, William board, which was a real person. Okay. They had, people had speculated that uh, William was Andrew's illegitimate son. Okay. And... Andrew, being the stingy guy he was, Mm -hmm. would refuse to give William any financial compensation at all. Yeah. So, Andrew, who had already, I mean, William, who had already stayed at that house, apparently, according to this theory, knew where the axes were, was welcome so he didn't have to break in. He just did it and dipped before the maid and Lizzie could notice. That sounds like a soap opera plot. It is. It's it's a telenovela. Yeah, Yeah. basically. But uh, that was disproven because... um, who was it? 
There was a writer who did extensive research to find out that, quote unquote, William Borden, Mm -hmm. no relation. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was about to say that sounds like a plot to like a plot that happened in one of like Dynasty episodes. Right. Not to mention that wouldn't Lizzie have been like, oh, yeah, you know, like my brother was here earlier in the day, too, by the way. Yeah. Because she stayed on the first floor. And that's how she found her father. That was just the wacky of them. That's yeah. weird. Well, here's a wacky fact about fact about Lizzie. After she like does all this, she gets acquitted from court because oh, I'm a ge- I'm a gentle, delicate lady. I can't do any of this kind of stuff. Murder too rough for me. <laughs> um, when she gets acquitted, her and her sister move into this house, move into the house that she had wanted, although she's still shunned. Yeah. And later <laughs> on, she was actually there was a warrant out for her arrest again. Oh. But it was because she shoplifted, <laughs> and she and she went to court and had to pay for the for the fine. Great, oh. great cover name she went by at the time. She w- changed her name from Elizabeth to just Lizbeth. Great. Yeah, and didn't didn't change her last name at all. So, I I don't think she was necessarily trying. I if she was trying to get away from it, she was very very uncreative. Oh, definitely. I but she didn't fun. get away from it because didn't she still live in the same town? No, she moved to uh, Rhode Island. Ah. Yeah, it? but everyone still um, yeah. avoided her, and she yeah. was put on, like she was shunned. Yeah, she and was like the like, kids ostracized. would make the kids would even like prank her apparently, and she withdrew into her house, and then she pissed off her sister enough to the point where her sister moved out. Okay, that's fair. But they died within days of each other, which I yeah, think is an interesting like six fact. six days or something. Nine. 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 Lizzie died first, then na- then Emma nine days later, and they were buried with their father. Ah, that's got to be a tense situation <laughs> below the soil, you know? Well, it, it well the father would have probably been a rotting corpse already or, like, have deteriorated enough. Yeah, but imagine just, like, being ghosts, just, like, chilling on top of your grave, being like, hey, guys. Uh, what, like Haunted Mansion rules? Kinda, yeah. Like, if they're just, like, chilling in their graves as ghosts, you know, the father just turns to stare at, like, Lizzie, and she goes, what? What do you want? You're not gonna say sorry or anything? You were sleeping. It was the least I could do. You know? <laughs> well, as we know from the Slenderman case, getting someone while they're sleeping is the best idea, but you can't do it unless you're tired. That's true. Mm-hmm. And that's where we stand. She died almost 30 years, uh, a little more than 30 years after the, the crime. Yeah. She died relatively peacefully. I mean, as peacefully as you can go right yep. before the Great Depression. Oh, yeah. So we just don't know. We, Legally, we, we don't know. We can't say. We have to say yeah. allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, there's no definitive proof and there's no definitive actual murderer in this case. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, yeah. nudge. But the, uh, the uh, skipping rope rhyme says otherwise. Yeah. Yep. Did you know that that uh, I'm looking at the wiki right now. I'm looking at the um the verse and it actually has a second part. Oh, what is it? Andrew Borden is now dead. Lizzie hit him on the head. Up in heaven he will sing. On the gallows she will swing. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So this so had was, to have been made during right? the tri- during that the trial. Cuz then people were still speculating that she would have been caught guilty. Yeah. So they expected her to hang for that. Yeah. Wow. And also, wasn't there, like, one piece of... See, the thing about this case is that there's very little evidence. And without forensics, you can't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Because, 
okay, they could have tested the hatchet for fingerprints, but they didn't know how to do that. There back was like then. some type of like forensics going on back in that day, but it was yeah. like it was like we only found one drop of blood. That's not enough to really yeah. not to mention like oh yeah, I'm her neighbor. Um, I saw her burn a dress, <laughs> like. No bloody Wait, clothes. Yeah, one of her neighbors was just like, yeah, through like I was walking past the house. She was burning a dress on the kitchen stove. Lizzie, what do you have to say about that? Well, you see, I had ruined the dress because I had brushed up against some paint. So you weren't going to wash it? No, paint's hard to get out of dresses, so I just burned it. You couldn't have, like, turned it into scrap or anything? No, it would have been too much work. I'm just going to burn this dress and no one will ever see a piece of it ever again but there's no bloody clothing. Odd, I, I told you, the intruder. Maybe he has blood on him. I don't. You can't find any proof. <laughs> don't look at the burning, like, red dress in the back. I want to know what happened to Maggie. Mm. She's less known because she wasn't as sus as Lizzie was. Yeah, and obviously. she was a maid, so she didn't have as much... Even if she was guilty, it would have been like, okay, cool, crime you go to jail. But with someone as wealthy as Lizzie had the potential to be, she was more of like a subject of public interest. Yeah. As yes. we're as we're wrapping up, I got a question for you guys. Yep. A few weeks ago we talked about Bell Guinness, and now we're talking about Lizzie Borden. Do you guys consider these murderesses feminist icons? No. No? Cuz uh... <laughs> Rosie the Riveter but with a knife. We can do it. Uh no. <laughs> because I, I just feel like it's it kind of plays into like that toxic feminist stereotype of being like mm -hmm. kill all men like, literally yeah <laughs> literally where it's like oh only women kill all men and it's like that toxic feminist thing that yeah that like people capitalize now on media they're like oh look at this woman she says do this and that and it's just terrible and it makes and, like, if you consider her a feminist icon, I just, like, feel like it's the wrong kind of feminist. Well, no, it's... I don't think the question was on feminism. It was just, like, a murderous icon, right? Like, a famous murderer. Oh, murderous? do I think they're feminists? No, for what famous they murderer. Do you think that she's a famous murderess? I thought you said feminist. I did not. No. Was I she a feminist icon? I, Is she? I would say no, because, I mean... I thought you said feminist. I may have slubbed it, but I meant, like, no. famous, like... I oh wouldn't consider her. I'm so great, sorry. <laughs> one of the great criminals in American history. I would you know? not. I would say no. that she was very, like, I don't want to say sloppy because it was meticulous, but sloppy. Like, the way that she was meticulous about it was sloppy. Because, hey, you're going to blame it on an intruder. At least make it look like an intruder was there, you know? Like, how could yeah. an intruder get into the house if the door was jammed when the father got home? Like, the house looked too neat. Yeah, not to mention, like, okay, yeah, you change your story eight times. You say that you heard an intruder, then you say you didn't, then you said you were out in the barn and someone could have gotten in and killed these people. And now, essentially, it all leads back to why are you lying? Who are you trying, like, who are you but, trying to protect? Like, what are you trying to hide? And she could have just gotten away with it if she had just been like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna, like, cut myself a little bit on the arm to make it look like I was attacking. I'm gonna put, like, a blood splatter on me to make it look like I was trying to help my father. I am going to run in the streets and say, help, help, help. But she didn't do any of that. She just, but, like, hey, police, I found my father dead. Here's another <laughs> thing, though. If it really had been an intruder and they were known to be so wealthy, 
why was nothing ransacked? Like, exactly. she could have done, like, the least she could have done was, like, open a few cabinets, like, spill stuff on the floor and make it look more realistic. Right? She could have just, like, taken some of her mother, like, her stepmother's jewels, sort of, like, shoved it in her corset. We've been robbed and my parents have been killed. It's like, oh my gosh, so right. Like, someone stole this money from you and, like, these jewels. We have to look for this person immediately. A little dirty crime boy. <laughs> <laughs> little dirty crime boy. Yeah, a dirty little crime boy is out on the loose. It couldn't have been this lady. Joe, I didn't know you were around in the 1800s. I was. I was. <laughs> so Her case is often compared to, like, O.J. Simpson. That's Bell what Gates. I was thinking about with, like, the kids singing yeah. a rhyme. Because, like, this is a o. little J. bit O.J. Simpson has a rhyme? No, no, no. Just the juice is loose. <laughs> That's it. No, I, I, mean, was thinking of, I was thinking about one of my teachers. I forgot what subject they taught but like back in high school they were a kid during all that and they're like i remember rooting for oj during the trial being like i hope he gets off because the kids didn't understand it was like back when this guy was in elementary yeah mm-hmm. all, all they knew him as was a, was NFL a football guy. player yeah yeah mm. but like that just shows the influence of ki- of murder cases on kids i guess where it's just like they're kind of innocent but like it's weird how it was twisted into like oh she murdered someone okay let's jump rope to that yeah, yeah. Well, with that being said, what do you guys think about Lizzie Borden? Are you going to trust a Massachusetts woman with an axe? I wouldn't. I'm from there. They're pretty deadly. I've been your host, Joe. And I'm Giselle. And I'm Em. And don't be stingy. Pay for electricity in your house. Come on, guys. At least make it look like you got robbed. Yeah. Y'all really, at the end of it, you just gave her notes. I'm just saying. (laughs) 